This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 490. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 490. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Pipette, a clean baby and mom care brand with a mission to give every family the best start. To get started with Pipette, go to pipettebaby.com and get 25% off when you use the code SHAMELESS. Mamas, before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my very own upcoming gratitude challenge. So we're running a gratitude challenge right here in the Shameless Mom Academy. It is a five-day challenge that starts Monday, November 16th. It is completely free. And here's the thing, you need to be there because who does not need a little more gratitude and abundance in their life right now? So my team and I have been putting together this totally free challenge for you with a few things in mind. We know that you might need some support adopting an abundance mindset right now. We know that you might want to be able to create some more joy. We know that you might want to get reconnected in some of your most meaningful relationships that have probably suffered in quarantine, let's be honest. You might want to be opening yourself up to optimism. You maybe have noticed that you've shifted from like a glass half full kind of person to a glass half empty kind of person because the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You might want to shift that. And you might want to better protect your energy. So if you are like raising your hand saying, yes, 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 I need all that, then join 
me for the Shameless Mom Academy Gratitude Challenge. Like I said, it's totally free. Every day you're gonna get goodies in your inbox. I'm also gonna show up on Facebook Live. We're gonna have some fun printables for you so you can be engaged every single day talking about gratitude and abundance and really shifting your mindset into a place that can allow you to create space for goodness and for joy and for things that light you up even when things are hard and will also allow you to really dig deep and find some of the gifts that are in your life that you're having a hard time seeing right now. It's hard to see things as bright as they might be trying to shine right now because so many things are big and hard and heavy and we're going to help you work around that. So to join us for free, go to shamelessmom.com slash gratitude and you can join us for the free five-day challenge. That's shamelessmom.com slash gratitude. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I hope wherever you are, you are cozy because it's getting cold. (laughs) And this is the time of year where we pull out our sweaters and our puffy vests and our Uggs and we just hunker down, right? It's also, if you're listening in live time, it is election eve, which is, oh my goodness, feeling real nerve wracking. So I'm hoping that this episode will be like a little bit of a distraction from that because we're going to have work to do no matter what happens with the election. If you are in the US, we are going to have work to do come the rest of the next four years. (laughs) So this, I hope, gives you a little bit of an escape from that to focus inward, to listen inward, to focus just on yourself and to give yourself some permission to practice to practice lots of things. So this inspiration or the inspiration for this episode came from a recent experience that I had that I'm gonna share in a minute, but I think that it is so, so extremely valuable, especially when things are big and heavy and hard, and especially when we are considering all the ways we could show up in the world and all the ways we could have impact. I think that this topic around practice is really, really overlooked and especially among women and high achieving women, it's especially overlooked because we think that if we're gonna take action and we wanna have impact, that we have to do things in the perfect way. And we have to weigh all of our options and wait till we can put something together and tie it up in a perfect pretty bow and then put it out into the world. And the truth is, is that the world can't wait. (laughs) Like we need you to get out there and put your stuff out there and spread your messages and have impact now. But if we can't give ourselves permission to practice, then we are going to hold our gifts back from the world and we're gonna hold ourselves back from the world. And so I wanna give an example of how this recently showed up for me. I am not someone who really embraces practice. I tend to embrace progress and perfection and always getting better and measuring things and being hard on myself. If I'm measuring, if I'm tracking some sort of metric and there's not a consistent upward trend, that's really frustrating to me. And as someone who always got straight A's and always like did what I needed to do to ace the test and could write my way through any essay and get it right, it's really hard if I don't see progress and I don't see a positive outcome every time I put forth effort. And so something that I've really had to learn as an adult, and it has not been something I've learned easily, but it's been something I've learned over time through really noting and noticing over and over again how this works to my benefit is I've been noticing what a gift practice can be. And I mean practice in the absence of tracking metrics. And so a great example of this would be early on in my 20s when I was running and I was training for half marathons and then I was getting into triathlon training and I would track every metric and I would wear a heart rate monitor and I would track my time and my pace and my splits and everything. And every time I would go running, I would try to be faster than the time before. And anytime I would do, there's this half marathon that I've done here in Seattle, the Seattle half marathon, that's Thanksgiving weekend every year. And I did it, I think like, I don't know, 10 times or something. And every year when I would do it, 
for me to consider it a success, it had to be, I had to go faster than the year before. And what's crazy about that is that like, there's so many variables when you run a half marathon and especially the weekend of Thanksgiving in Seattle, where like some years it was sunny and crisp and other years it was snowing or windstorms. And you're like running uphill for miles on end in a windstorm, probably not gonna be faster than the year before that was sunny, right? And what I found myself doing was really like negating my progress and negating what a win it was to finish a half marathon in a windstorm because it hadn't been fast enough, I'm putting in quotes, or I hadn't improved my time from the year before, even though the variables the year before worked more in my favor. And this is where, for me, I really, really lost the benefits of practice in my young adulthood. I tracked metrics so closely and I was so hard on myself and always pushing for progress and getting closer to perfection that I lost so many of the gifts and I really, really burned myself out on so many things. I totally burned myself out at different points on running and on exercise. I've burned myself out on a lot of things in my life because I'm someone who is always pushing to do better and to improve. And there's great benefits to that. And also it's completely and utterly exhausting at times. And so a funny context to talk about this is in this writing class I've been taking. So you all know, I interviewed Stephanie Wilder Taylor, my writing teacher a couple weeks ago. And taking her class, one of the things that has come up as this joke, which I didn't even really realize around about myself, is my gift of needing to always be a high achiever. And it's a gift and a curse. And so this came up at the very beginning. I'm now in my third workshop series with her. But the very first one, she had us show up for the first day of class. And we were supposed to bring eight things about ourselves, just a list of eight things about ourselves that other people wouldn't know. And so I bring my list and I'm hearing other people talk through their lists. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I need to add something to my list. And so before I had my chance to share, I like took one thing off my list. I don't remember what I took off. And then I added on I said, I'm an overachiever and it's absolutely exhausting. (laughs) And I talked then about how hard it is to always like in everything that I do to be a high achiever and how like I don't want to be that way and I also can't help myself. And I wish I could just be like more chill and like let things roll off my back and be like, no, I'm just going to like go for like 50%. (laughs) Like, Why do I always need to go for 100%? And this has really come up in my writing in so many different ways. And in every story that I've shared, Stephanie's pointed out like, oh, there you go again, like trying to be the high achiever in the most random situations that are not meant to be high achieving situations. And it's been fascinating, so fascinating to see this really as like this theme across my life and across all my stories and across just the way I've opted to live. And what I've noticed is how I have missed out on so many things because I'm so consumed by (laughs) trying to get better all the time. And again, like there's great benefits to that, but also it makes everything hard all the time in many cases. So another example of this would be when we got a Peloton. So we get our Peloton and all of our friends that have Pelotons love them. And before we got it, we had reached out to a bunch of people to say like, is it really worth it? It's expensive. What do you think? And everyone across the board was like, yes, love it, love it, love it. So we get the Peloton and my husband gets on and he's like, yeah, this is great. And I get on and I do a few rides and I'm like, I mean, I like it. I got really great workouts, but I also kind of hate it. And here's why. So I hated it because I felt like the way they track metrics while you're riding, I felt really, really pressured every ride to get a PR. And I got really mad when I didn't. So after having done a handful of rides, it became unsustainable for every ride to be a PR for like every time I did a 30 minute ride to make it 
better than the one before. And this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I noticed that I wouldn't enjoy it if I couldn't get a PR. And I would be able to tell within 10 to 15 minutes of a 30-minute ride, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to get a PR on this one. And now what's the point? And this is so how I live my life. (laughs) And I know I'm not alone, which is why I'm sharing this. This is not something I'm proud of, but I think it's really important to talk about. So what I've had to do is really look at like, you can sit on the bike and get a great workout if it doesn't quote unquote beat the workout that you did the day before. And that is still a great workout. And there is still a ton of value in sitting on the bike for 30 minutes. 
And so if you're someone who is really connected to outcomes and results and metrics and always, always achieving, it's hard to let go of that. And for those of you who don't relate to that, you're like, you are just weird and crazy. (laughs) And I'm not denying that either. So there's some of this and there's times where I'm like, oh my gosh, do I have like OCD around this or like obsessive? I remember when I had Dr. Yip on a few years ago talking about OCD and about like intrusive thought patterns. I'm like, oh my gosh, sometimes I definitely get intrusive thought patterns around these kinds of things. So when I say OCD, I'm not speaking about this lightly. I'm saying like, sometimes I do get obsessive thoughts around tracking metrics and around constant progression in every area of my life. And so what's happened in my writing class, which has been so great, it has been a really beautiful place to show up with permission to just practice every week. And one of the things that Stephanie talks about, my teacher, Stephanie Wilder Taylor talks about is just try to be a mediocre writer. (laughs) And she talks about this at the beginning of every workshop series. And it's such a great reminder for people like me. She's like, do not show up with your first week of writing in this class and try to be the best writer in the class. I want you to be totally mediocre so that we can give you lots of feedback and lots of ideas and It's always such a fantastic reminder that we're just here to practice. We're not here to write a novel or our whole memoir in one week. We are here to write 700 words of mediocrity. That's literally the assignment, (laughs) right? 700 words of mediocrity. And where this has been so beautiful and powerful for me is that it has allowed me to show up and practice without passing judgment on myself, without being critical of my writing, without being critical of my stories. It's allowed me to sit down and practice and just have fun with something. And that's not in my nature. It is not in my nature to just sit down and have fun with something or just to sit down and try something and see where it goes. And so I want you to think about where could you give yourself permission to practice where things could be a little more light, where things could be a little more fun, where you are not always looking for progress and you are definitely not seeking or trying to dial in perfection. Because here's the thing, constant need for progression and perfection is totally exhausting. And we are at a place in the world and a time in the world where we don't need those extra layers of exhaustion. That does not serve us. But to have outlets where we can be practicing things without connection to metrics, without connection to growth is actually really, really valuable. This is actually rejuvenating. This is restorative. This is something that can be life-giving and create energy instead of use energy, instead of burn our precious finite amounts of energy that we have, right? So a great way that this worked out for me last week was again, part of the writing class, this is like the thread of this episode is how this kind of has all worked into my writing. So as part of this writing class, my teacher decided to ask, I think it was seven students to do a reading and do this like storytelling event. And so last Friday, a week and a half ago, she had seven of us, we got on Zoom and we did the storytelling event. And there was, I think a hundred people had signed up And we get on Zoom to share our stories. And I was thinking when she told me, so we were emailing earlier that day of the event. And in my mind, like 20 people were going to come. So I was like, oh, whatever. It's not like that big of a deal. And then she messaged back and she's like, so we have like, you know, with including the storytellers, we have like 100 people that potentially would be on this call. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's kind of a lot. Like, this is a bigger deal than I thought. Maybe I need to curl my hair, which I did. And so I had this thought of like, maybe I should be nervous now. And then I remembered, no, like the whole purpose of this is practice. Like most of the people showing up for that storytelling event, we're just practicing reading our stories. We're reading stories that we had written in class. We had practiced reading them in class a couple times, and then we were going to read them for the storytelling event. And I 
really gave myself permission to just show up and practice reading again, rather than like, I want to be the best of the stories or the best reader or the best like whatever. I'm just going to show up and practice again. And of course, Stephanie positioned us all really well at the beginning of the storytelling event to be like, these are my students. They've been working on their writing. This is their first time doing this. They're going to be amazing. And I was so at ease and felt really comfortable because I had given myself permission to practice this as a new thing and really embrace like, hey, I'm here doing this for the first time. Don't know how it's going to go. Can't wait to try. And I had been practicing that every single week for the last three or so months, four months maybe, every week when I show up in class, I'm just going to show up and practice. And I'm. it might be awful. It might be fun. Like, let's just see what happens. And I had so much fun. I wasn't nervous going into it. I read my piece. I had a blast. I was loving all the other readers' stories as well, all the other storytellers. I loved connecting with people in the chat. Like if you've ever been on a Zoom call with me that I'm not leading, I just spend the whole time commenting on things in the chat. (laughs) I decided that if I've ever wondered if I'm an extrovert, the way I engage in a Zoom chat is all the proof I need. So it was a ton of fun. It was so much fun to just show up and practice, not to show up and be a perfect writer, not to show up and tell the perfect story, not to show up and like try to measure it against anyone else or have it be like some big mark of progress or any, just to show up and practice. And so I want you to think about the difference between practice, progress, and perfection. So practice is not tracking metrics. It's just this totally neutral objective situation. I'm just gonna try this thing and see how it goes. So it's a data collection point, right? I'm gonna try this thing and see how it goes. And then from there, like, okay, do I wanna do more of this or less of this? Or how do I wanna change things? I think about practice when I think about skiing because I'm such a nervous skier. And I know you've all been waiting for my skiing stories, right? It's been a few months since I told the skiing story. So I'm not gonna tell a full skiing story right now. But when I show up for skiing, it's like very much practice. Like I'm nervous and I'm afraid and I just wanna live and not hurt myself. And so I'm not tracking metrics. I'm not seeing like how fast did I get down the run? I'm not, I mean, if anything, I'm just tracking like how many times did I fall or not? Like, Can I do this without serious injury? But there's no, it's totally objective. This isn't about me gauging like, Am I better or worse than anyone else? It's all about practice. So practice is very neutral. Progress, when we're looking at progress, there's metrics attached to progress. We're looking at how did I improve from last time or not? So there's this added element of metrics. We're also less neutral. It's not this super neutral objective place. All of a sudden, there's the element of data collection, and we can definitely stay neutral around the data collection. But we tend to gauge things when we're looking at progress. We tend to gauge things in terms of better than or worse than another in comparison to something else, right? So there is that. It is less neutral in that sense. And then we have perfection. And perfection is metric driven for sure, and it's very specific. So perfection is not only am I looking at metrics, but I'm looking at metrics with an expectation of hitting a certain metric. And without hitting that certain metric, I'm likely to deem something negatively. I'm likely to deem something as a failure or not a success. And we often have a very small window of acceptance when we're looking at perfection. There's hyper judgment in there, hyper criticism. And the data determines success versus failure. Versus when we're looking at progress, the data can determine like, oh, this was better or not better. And so we often can like kind of stay neutral around that. But when we're looking at perfectionism, we really like the data for most of us when we're looking at perfectionism really drives a sense of success or failure. 
It's very black or white thinking, and that can be really challenging, and it can, in the long term, be really harmful. And this is where perfectionism can get us into so much trouble because it's so completely exhausting, and we miss so much by having this really narrow vision of like what is success and missing so many of the really amazing opportunities to learn from anything that falls outside of that narrow perspective of success in a certain event or situation. So where do you find yourself when it comes to practice progress and perfection? And where do you spend the most time or what are you typically aiming for? And do you have a balance among them? Are you someone who's always in progress or looking for perfection? Or are you someone that gives yourself permission to practice? And I'm really, really looking to give myself permission to practice in new ways. And I want to encourage you to think about what are the different areas and ways that you can be giving yourself permission to practice and also modeling this for your children. So if you are someone who tends to be a high achiever, data-driven, perfectionistic kind of person, then you probably model that to your kids, which can have some value because it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with instilling some good discipline in your kids around aiming high. And also, are you doing that at the expense of creating space for practice, which can be much lighter, it can be more fun, and it can really be such a great, valuable learning experience to learn like, oh, hmm, I'm really not great at this, but oh, I can figure it out. I'm thinking of an example right now of my son and a friend doing a drawing lesson during a virtual learning class. And these two little boys were doing this virtual art class together and really frustrated with the parameters around drawing and both of them struggling with like, mine doesn't look as good, quote unquote, as good as the teacher's. And the other little boy was able to pivot and turn when he realized like, well, mine doesn't look like the teacher's. And that's really frustrating and started kind of getting angry about it or upset about angry is not the right word, but feeling frustrated around it and feeling some defeat around it. He was able to shift and pivot and to be like, oh, wait, but like I get to make the rules and art is whatever I want it to be. And someone else said, like, there's no mistakes in art. My child wasn't able to do that. He wasn't able to shift and pivot. He stayed in this place of like being hypercritical of his work. And if I can't get it exactly like the teachers, then it doesn't count and it doesn't mean anything and it's not valuable and it's not successful. And that was really, really hard for him. And so one of the things that we talk about and I really try to talk about at home is around practicing something. And if it's something is different than your expectation, if an outcome is different than your expectation, then okay, well, what does that mean? And can that still be a great thing? And can it still be valuable? So one of the things that we did as like an antidote to that situation is I got this paint by numbers on Amazon, this big Spider-Man canvas paint by numbers. And this was inspired by a friend who got one for her child. And my sister's been doing these paint by there's like all these super cool paint by numbers on canvases that you can get on online. I'm sure in many places, but I got this one on Amazon. So I got this one. It's Spider-Man and it's really intricate and really detailed. So when we got it, I was telling Vinny, like, remember, this is art. And so it can look like a lot of different things. And it's not about staying in the lines because these lines are like so tiny. And so I was like, it's not about staying in the lines. We're just going to do this and have fun. And to watch him just have fun practicing has been so great and such the opposite experience of him trying to replicate something an art teacher drew online and trying to replicate that in his in the house and via virtual learning. Just completely, completely different experience. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about, so it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over one million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. 
Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder. So if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And so where are you modeling for your kids and creating experiences for your kids where they can practice without judgment, without parameters around what success and failure might be in the, around the situation? This is so, so important, this element of practice. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I want you to think about where do you fall on these questions, and what would it mean for you to really give some consideration to these questions in order to invite more practice into your world, to give yourself more permission to practice. So question number one is, in what areas of your life can you give yourself more permission to practice? 
maybe in your hobbies. Do you have hobbies that you have been wanting to start and you just haven't gotten around to it, created space for it, or you've been maybe nervous because you thought, well, I might be really bad at that thing, so I'm not even gonna try. I know a few years ago, I really wanted to do the paint on canvas, like wine nights. There's a few of them around Seattle that are like paint and sip nights, and you like have a glass of wine and you do this painting and the teacher's up in the front teaching you how to paint. And I was like, I don't wanna go do this and be the worst person in the room. Well, I ended up doing it once and thinking it was so much fun. There was so much room for your own personal touch on everything. It was very much an activity and just practicing. I loved it. And I started, I ended up doing a whole bunch of them. And then I had this like collection of campus artwork. My husband was like, what are we going to do with this? All? <laughs> like they weren't really that cute. They weren't cute enough to hang up on walls. Let's just put it that way. I tried to gift one to a friend as a housewarming gift. She didn't want it. That's how not cute it was. <laughs> So, but that was a really fun hobby, a really fun way to just create space for practice. Something that I want to do when COVID is over, I really want to go, I keep seeing ads for chunky blanket knitting classes. And actually I know on my team, my friend Christy or my assistant Christy has done this, but there's these classes you can go and you go and you make these chunky knit blankets and you go and it's like, I think it's like a hundred bucks and it includes the the yarn and then you make the blanket and then you get to take the blanket home. And they're these like big, really cool chunky knit blankets. And they look amazing. Like, first of all, I want the end product, but also the process. It just looks really fun. It looks like a great thing to go practice with girlfriends to just keep it light, fun, easy, just creating space to practice something. Like it's not about making the best blanket or the coziest blanket or whatever. It's just like letting yourself go and have fun and do something where you're just making space to practice something without judgment and without trying to be perfect and without trying to be a high achiever. Where could you be giving yourself permission to practice in different adventures? And so I already used the example of skiing, but what other things could you be doing? I know that like when I took Vinny a cup camping two summers ago, just the two of us, I was like, okay, like just practicing here, like this could be a total disaster. And it ended up being super, super fun. And so what are some other ideas around adventures that you could be having? We recently had, Vinny had the opportunity to try slacklining for the first time and he loved it and he thought it was so much fun. Great option right there. Stand-up paddleboarding. I mean, we're not really in a time of year in most places where stand-up paddleboarding is a great option, but it's another thing that we tried this summer and Vinny actually got up on a board himself this summer and paddled around. That was a really fun adventure. Again, just about practicing, like we're going to get up here, we're probably going to fall on the water, it's going to be really fun and funny. So where can you have that sense of adventure around practice and doing different activities without expectations around like if you've, I mean, the first time I went paddleboarding, to no one's surprise, my goal was to not fall in. And I thought if I didn't fall in, that would mean I was successful. And if I did fall in, that would mean I failed my first time paddleboarding, which is just dumb. Like that's just a dumb way to measure one's success the first time doing something. But of course, that's just my nature. And so it was interesting to go back and revisit that with Vinny getting on the board for the first time and to set this expectation that like, oh, but you're learning. So you're going to fall into the water a bunch of times, which is totally fine. That happens all the time. And then as it turns out, he didn't fall in the water, but setting this expectation, like we're just going to practice this and it's going to be like this hilarious potential, like not disaster, but this hilarious adventure where we don't know how it's going to turn out. It could turn out a whole bunch of different ways and it's just going to be fun. Also, where can you give yourself permission to practice at work? This is a hard one, but I want you to really think about it. If you are a high achiever at work and you're really perfectionistic at work and you're really hard on yourself, are there places where you could work on practicing things rather than everything being high pressure and having to have uh, this heaviness or weight to it. And now, of course, that doesn't mean that you are practicing things at the expense of like making mistakes or errors that would compromise 
your job or results in your wherever you work, but are there areas that you could be practicing in that could where the stakes are low? So I know for me, there's times where I practice things on social media, like, hey, I'm just going to put this out there and try and see what happens. Or I'm going to talk about this certain thing on the podcast and see what kind of feedback I get. Or we're going to try to do, I mean, I will tell you last March, we did the Hope, Happiness and Mental Health Challenge. That was me practicing something. I was like, I don't know totally what people need right now. But this was the very beginning of the pandemic. I was panicking. The rest of the world was panicking. We had so many unknowns and so many fears. And I was like, let's just see if people want to come together and do this hope, happiness, and mental health challenge. We'll do it for eight days. It'll be super fun. I'll make it up as I go pretty much because I've never done it before. And I don't have a whole lot of time to like create it in advance. And it was amazing. It was so much fun. 500 people signed up for that challenge. It was so fantastic. That's what happens when you practice. I was like, I'm just going to do this and practice it and see what happens. There's nothing lost if it doesn't go well. It's a free challenge. Like people aren't paying money for it. I'm going to go out and put out some great value. I know that. So there's not a lot of risk, but I could, I want to see like what could come of this. And it was so much fun. That challenge was actually a huge, huge motivator for doing our upcoming gratitude challenge. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a gratitude challenge on the week of November 16th. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash gratitude, you can sign up. It's totally free. It's going to be a five day Monday through Friday gratitude challenge. And we're going to be talking through really specifically gratitude in five areas of your life and how to really find gratitude in tough times in five different areas of your life. So we're going to be talking about health and wellness. We're going to be talking about relationships. We're going to be talking about your work. We're going to be talking about health in other areas of your life outside of your physical health, like your spiritual health and your financial health, and really look at how you can create abundance and gratitude in all these different areas of your life. Totally free challenge. I'm so excited. I for sure want you to come. I want so many people to participate because I know it's going to create a ton of value. And that all is coming. The reason we're doing this is because we had such success doing a challenge as practice last spring. And it worked out so well that we were like, let's do that again. What can, and this really came from like, it's the month of November. What can we do to give back and just show up and provide something awesome and fun for members of our, not members, but our audience. We are all members of the audience too. We love you. (laughs) So for our community that creates a really great experience based on what we've learned in the past from other things that we've practiced, right? So that's an example for me of practicing at work. The next question I want you to ask yourself is where would I benefit from stepping back from metrics? Oh, this is a big one to learn. I've stepped back a lot from metrics in the last year because COVID, like (laughs) tracking metrics right now when the world is so unpredictable, it doesn't even make sense to track metrics. And so I've really stepped back from tracking metrics with podcast downloads and revenue. And like, I'm tracking things to the level that I need to be responsible, but not fixating on them. And it's been really refreshing to step back from that in order to create space for focusing on other things. And in the light of that, other really great things have come to happen. So instead of obsessing about my downloads, instead, I'm like obsessing about creating really great programs and putting out great content and showing up in really great ways that help me have deeper impact. So my focus is deep impact, which is something I can practice every single day versus focusing on metrics and progress around metrics that I can't always control, especially when we're in a pandemic and the rest among many other very challenging times right now. So where would you benefit from stepping away from metrics is that second question. 
The third question is, where is perfectionism holding me back or stopping me from starting? So I want to encourage you, if you haven't read the book Finish by John Acuff, it's A-C-U-F-F, and I'll link it up in the show notes. He talks about perfectionism and he talks about procrastination and he talks about it in the context of procrastination and our inability to start is really a form of perfectionism. And when you can see that and recognize it, you recognize that, oh, it's not me being lazy and it's not me being inadequate. It's really about me being scared about not showing up perfectly. It's about me being fearful of my own imperfection. And so where is perfectionism holding you back at all or stopping you from starting something? I know for me with writing, some writing is something I've been wanting to do more of for a really long time. And when I had the opportunity to take this writing class, I was like, okay, I need to do this because it's going to be accountability. It's going to stop me from getting in my own way. It's going to just give me this place to start from. So where is perfectionism holding you back and stopping you from starting? This happens all the time when I open up applications for Tenacious Mamas, my business and leadership mastermind. And even sometimes when I open up applications for Momentum Mamas and people say, well, I have to like be in a better place before I start. I have to like get all these ducks in a row before I start. This happened when I owned my gym. I have to get in great shape before I join the gym. Like literally I heard that all the time. No, 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 no. Start when things are messy and imperfect because that's the only time you will start. We are never gonna be in a position where you are perfectly poised to start something. So start in the middle of the chaos. That's a great time to start. It is always the right time to start. So give yourself permission to start now rather than waiting for perfect conditions or having control of all of the variables. And then the fourth question, so important right now because I think it's missing in so many aspects of our lives is, could I have more fun if I implemented more practicing into my life? So could you be having more fun if you gave yourself permission to practice more and you took away the pressure of progress and perfection from things? When you take that pressure away and you give yourself permission to just show up and practice and let it be imperfect and let it be messy and let it be goofy and let it be wild and out of control, oh my gosh, so much more fun. I've been having so much fun writing because there's so much permission to be imperfect around it. I've been able to have fun learning when I was doing painting things like being able to just walk in and be like, this could be great or it could be a disaster. Let's just see what happens tonight. (laughs) So where could you be having more fun in different areas of your life by giving yourself permission to practice. I've been doing this on the Peloton, so I hurt my back slash butt a few weeks ago, and I've had to really give myself permission to cut back on tracking metrics and like not look at that leaderboard and instead show up at 50% of the capacity that I'm used to and just enjoy the music and have fun. And so the other day, Vinny did not love this. I had the music up super loud. I was singing super loud and I rode at literally 50% capacity the entire ride. At the end, I looked at my metrics. They were 50% of what I normally do. And instead of looking at that and being like, oh, well, that doesn't really count as a workout. Instead, I was able to look at it and, and think, I just had a totally great time. I'm super sweaty. I had a great time singing and that's a success. So where could you be having more fun if you implemented more practice? Fun is missing for most of our lives right now. Give yourself permission to have fun. All right. I hope this episode resonated. If you know of someone who tends to be perfectionistic and maybe high achieving and puts a lot of pressure on themselves, this might be a good episode to share with them. So I hope this resonated with you. I can't wait to hear how it resonated. Make sure you chime in and let me know on social media, and I will see you back here in a couple days. Before you get on your way for the day, don't forget to pop on over to shamelessmom.com slash gratitude to get signed up for our totally free five-day gratitude and abundance challenge. You don't want to miss this. I promise you need more gratitude and abundance in your life, and this is totally free. So go to shamelessmom.com slash gratitude to join us. 
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.